Welcome to the Positive Birth Story Podcast with me, Swedish midwife Wasa Holstein. I have left my comfort zone in Stockholm and embarked on a fantastic road trip to the US to gather more birth stories from amazing women. This is a podcast with women for women. I came out of the bathroom and something inside of me told me that I needed to feel down by my vagina. Mm. So I felt down there and I immediately just screamed, I feel his head, I feel his head. Like a million people rushed into the room. I remember I said, my baby, my baby. And I'll, I'll never forget that moment. It was definitely magical and it was worth all the pain. In this episode, I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania, in a beautiful hotel room overlooking a deep frozen lake Erie. And I'm talking to Chrissy, a mother of two and also a full-time doula. Chrissy will share her story of when she gave birth to her first child, a much faster process than she had anticipated, and an experience that left her feeling more connected to herself than ever before in life. Chrissy, hi. Welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to have you here. You're the mother of two and you also work as a doula. Yes. So you have uh, both personal and professional experience from birth. Absolutely. Yes. That it's important to differentiate the two for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. And now you're here to share your personal experience from giving birth. Yes. I'm super, super excited to share my first birth story with my first son. What were your views on childbirth? before becoming pregnant for the first time? I didn't really know. I hadn't really talked to anybody about birth, I, which is funny to think about now because that's, now that's all I talk about every day is <laughs> childbirth and I work with uh, families every day. But back before I became a mother, yeah, I didn't really know much about it at all. I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do. So I kind of started from nothing and just read a lot of books and took classes and kind of learned from there. How would you describe yourself as a person? I like schedules. I, I'm a person that's always on time. I like to research things. I like to prepare. So you can imagine that I definitely was going to attend childbirth classes. And I, I enjoyed every minute of learning everything and learning all my options. And it was kind of cool to go into it with an open mind and just think, I don't really know what I want to do. I just want to learn it all. So how was it to be pregnant for you? Because it's so unpredictable to be pregnant if you like to organize things. Was it a challenge? It was. I definitely was always, I had, you know, a book that told me what to expect every week. And if I wasn't experiencing exactly what the book said, I worried a little bit. But I think as the the pregnancy went on, I did let go of that. And I learned to kind of just trust my body and know that I was going to make this baby and this baby was going to be healthy. And I was confident in that. Did you enjoy being pregnant? It was hard for me to enjoy my first pregnancy because I was very, very sick. Mm. So even before I knew I was pregnant, I was sick and vomiting every single day, day and night. I don't know why they call it morning sickness because I was sick all day and Mm. all night. And even up until the day that I had my baby, I was still sick the whole time. So looking back on it now and knowing a little bit more about pregnancy symptoms, I think that I had something very severe um, and I probably should have been hospitalized a couple of times and been, uh, because I was probably dehydrated a few times. Mm. And I worked my whole pregnancy too and I had a 
very demanding job standing on my feet all day. So it was very difficult. It was probably more difficult than it should have been if I would have reached out for help. So bring us back to the day when birth started. Where were you? So the day before, actually, I had a prenatal appointment because I was 40 weeks pregnant. So I met with my midwife and she gave me a cervical check and said that there were no big signs that I'd be having my baby soon. She thought it would still probably be a couple days. And I knew from all my research that having a first baby, it's normal to go past your due date. And that should be expected even sometimes. So my husband and I went out to dinner that day on my due date to celebrate making it to the due date. And we talked about what we thought birth might be like and how excited we were. We went home and after a few hours, he went to sleep. And as you can imagine, at 40 weeks pregnant, I was having a very hard time falling asleep. So I didn't go to sleep. I stayed up and watched TV. And all of a sudden, I started feeling what I now know as contractions, labor pains. How did they feel? Oh, it was it was so different from what I read about, which was so hard for me to accept because I am such a planner and I thought I really knew what birth was going to be like. I thought I knew all about it, but let me tell you, I didn't. From the very first pain that I had, it was extremely intense. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, if this is what birth is like, if this is what labor is like, I don't know if I can last eight hours, 12 hours, however long it's going to take for a first baby. And I had that doubt creeping in. I also had that a few days prior. Uh, I was in, when I was in, before I was in labor, I thought, how am I going to do this? I, at that point, I knew I, that I wanted to have a medication-free birth. But somehow, as I got closer to my due date, those fears kind of drifted away. So back to when I was in labor, I had those fears again. After a couple contractions, that doubt kind of fell away again. And I kind of had this confidence of, okay, this is the real thing. I'm going to do this. I know I can do this. So when you knew it was on for real, did you wake your husband? No, I didn't. And that's a big part of my story. <laughs> that's the part that he likes to tell too. He's still amazed that I didn't wake him up. So I've had some experiences in my life where I've had to deal with a lot of pain, both physically and emotionally. And I know that when I'm going through a lot of pain, I like to be alone. And I, like to, I like it to be quiet and dark. Mm. So I thought, I was actually kind of excited that my husband was sleeping. I, I thought that might sound bad, but I was like, wow, I can actually birth at night in the middle of the night in the quiet and no one is going to impede on that. Had you thought about that prior to birth starting? Like, had you thought about your prior experience of having pain? Yeah, so mm -hmm. I originally thought that maybe because of my past surgeries that I've had that I would have to have a cesarean birth. So mm -hmm. I brought that up with my midwife and she said, oh no, definitely not. You can, you can have a vaginal birth if that's what you want to do. She said, we can schedule you to have a cesarean if that's the route that you want to take and I'll support you in that. But if you would like to try a vaginal birth, I definitely think that you can do it. So I was a little bit surprised at that because I assumed that because of my unique anatomy that I wouldn't be able to. So I was surprised but very happy to hear that she was confident that I could do it. I had met with an anesthesiologist at the hospital to find out if I would be able to have an epidural. 
before I knew that I wanted to have a medication-free birth. I wanted to know everything about every option. So I met with him and he said that he didn't know of anyone that would take the risk with my unique anatomy of my spine to give me an epidural. And we know that there can be some risks with epidurals, even with people with a normal anatomy. So he said that there was no way that anyone would take that risk with me. So that was off the table. And that's something that pushed me even further into my hopes of having a medication-free birth. So during the night, uh, your husband was asleep and you were working with contractions. Uh, what helped you cope with them? I think rhythmic movement. So I swayed back and forth. I was walking around. Um, I was breathing. I really go to this place. Pain is very familiar to me. So I'm, I, I know how to cope with that. And I use those same coping strategies when I was in, in birth and labor. And I really just go to a place inside of me, I call it, that just no one else can get there but me. And it's just me and it's just the baby and it's just these contractions. And we got through it. Was there a time during the hours that you were working with contractions all by yourself that you felt scared or not so secure? No, the only fear that I remember is the very first contraction, you know, maybe the first few. And because it was so different than I thought it would be, I thought it would be this gradual, okay, you get to experience early labor, then you get to experience it getting a little more intense, and then active labor. I mean, I read about people who are encouraged to eat and drink during labor. Even from the first contraction, I couldn't even think about food. I couldn't think of taking a drink of water. I had to focus all of my energy on having this baby. And there wasn't a place for fear. There wasn't room for it. I had to let all that go and just surrender to the power of birth because I just had nothing left to give. I had to give it all to myself. So could you just tap into this? Uh, I usually say like uh, the pain in labor is a positive pain. Could you think about that? Definitely. I think that the the pain in between... The time in between when I was not in pain was what kept me going. I was always able to regroup. If I felt like I was losing a little bit of control, I was able to get my breathing under control again and get my mind focused again. And everything was just so dark and quiet. And that's exactly what I needed. So it worked really well for me. You can't see it on the podcast, but your whole face just lits up when you talk about it. So it sounds like it was a, like happy, happy hours for you. Definitely, you know, and when people find out that I didn't wake my husband, they're sometimes they have questions for me like, why wouldn't you want his support? Why wouldn't you want his emotional encouragement and physical touch during your labor? I don't, I'm not a type of person that really needs a lot of physical touch. I've learned to deal with the pain in my life myself, and I've found ways that work really well for me. So it was actually quite easy for me, as absurd as it sounds. And also, he was nearby. So we lived in a very, very small one-bedroom apartment. So he was in the same room. He just wasn't awake. Yeah. So I still had that. I could still feel the love from him. I could still look at him, and I knew he was okay. He was sleeping peacefully, and I knew that I was okay, and everything was going well. And for how many hours did you go along like this? Three hours. So I had three hours of very intense contractions. They started off about five minutes apart, and then they were about two minutes apart when I went to the restroom. I, I used the restroom quite a, quite a bit when I was in labor. Um, and now looking back as a childbirth educator, knowing what I know now, 
yeah, I was emptying my bowels a lot. I was progressing very, very fast. And I had some of the, the bloody show and the mucus plug and things like that. I didn't know exactly what it was at the time, but looking back on it, I can tell that my labor was progressing very quickly. Did you ever call your midwife during these hours? I didn't call her until my contractions were two minutes apart because I just kept going back to my classes and thinking, this is going to take a day. This might take two days. Why am I going to call her in the first hour? <laughs> mm. And then you woke your husband up because of what? Did water break or? My water never broke. I call, I woke him up because I called my midwife and I feel like I didn't say more than 10 words to her. She knew exactly what was happening. And it still amazes me that I spoke so few words and she knew that it was time. It's so incredible. So she told me that I needed to leave right away, right now. Don't do anything else. Just get in the car and come to the hospital and she'll meet me there right away. So that's when I decided, okay, it's time to wake my husband up now. And he woke up and of course he was very surprised because when he went to sleep, I was still pregnant and not in labor. And now I say, the baby is coming right now. <laughs> so did he get stressed? <laughs> he did a really good job of staying calm. But, you know, knowing him for a long time, I knew that he was definitely stressed. <laughs> <laughs> so he was trying not to show it. He did a good, really good job trying not to show it. <laughs> so then you took the car and drove to the hospital. Yes. Uh -huh. So we got into the car and at this time... It was time for school to start, and we lived right next to a school. So we were in a school zone. So the traffic was backed up. Everyone was going very, very slow. So I was very anxious because even though I only lived three minutes from the hospital, the traffic was barely moving. My husband ended up honking his horn, and he was still going slow, but he had passed everybody. What happened when you arrived to the hospital? So when we arrived at the hospital, it was very, very obvious to my husband, even though he had only spent about five minutes with me in labor that it was happening very quickly. We pulled up to the emergency room en entrance and you're supposed to have the valet man park your car, but we just went right in. We just left the keys in the car, went in, and as soon as I went in, the woman that was in the ER, the nurse, had a wheelchair and she knew by the look on my face and how concentrated I was that I was in labor. And I said, I don't want to go in the wheelchair. I just want to walk. And she said, but people normally go in the wheelchair. It's okay. Just relax. I'll help you. And I said, no, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I didn't say much at all. Honestly, I didn't talk very much at all during my labor, but I was thinking, no, I don't want to relinquish that control to someone. I want to be able to be control of my body. So I walked up to the elevator and then up to the labor and delivery floor. I love that. <laughs> and I still don't know how I did it. Now, looking back, knowing that I was 10 centimeters dilated, I don't know how I did that. So, of course, since I'm all about planning things, I had already pre-registered for the hospital. Everything was ready to go. And when I got there, my midwife had not arrived yet, but I knew that she was on her way and that she lived close. So the nurse told me that I, it was time for me to change into a hospital gown. So I remember her going into the bathroom with me and giving me the hospital gown. And I remember just looking at her and I just said, how? How do I change into this? But all I said was, how? because I couldn't speak at that point. And she looked at me and she said, oh, sweetie, it's okay. Just, just everybody does this. Get into the hospital gown. This is what we have to do right now. So again, not knowing that I was 10 centimeters dilated yet, 
I said, okay, everyone does this. I'm gonna have to take my clothes off. And I was still wearing jeans. I wasn't even in my pajamas because I hadn't gone to bed yet. So I got my clo all my clothes off by myself, got into this gown all by myself, which I'm so proud of how I did that. <laughs> That's one of my amazing accomplishments in life is getting undressed and changed into a hospital gown. And I came out of the bathroom and something inside of me told me that I needed to feel down by my vagina. Mm. So I felt down there and I immediately just screamed, I feel his head, I feel his head. So of course then I felt like a million people came in the room. It was probably three or four, maybe five. But a lot of people rushed into the room and they said, okay, you have to get in the bed now, you have to get in the bed. And I remember it being a little bit frantic. At that point, I think my midwife had arrived and she had checked to see what was going on. And it was actually my amniotic sac. Yeah. Oh. So when did water break? Did they break the, the membranes for you or did it um, happen by itself? So it's hard to say because my midwife said it could have happened when she checked me, but it, it all kind of happened at the same time. So maybe it happened on its own, maybe not, but um, not before I was 10 centimeters dilated. Do you remember the feeling from water breaking? Yeah, I remember it felt really good. It felt warm. It felt comforting, um, especially after not having any pain relief. That kind of felt like a natural pain relief for a minute. For a minute. <laughs> and then what happened after that? Um, Did the um, contractions uh, shift in how they felt? So I remember her telling me that I was dilated to 10 centimeters and the shock that came even even though I knew it was so intense and there was so much pressure and I wasn't able to talk th through contractions and everything that goes along with having a really intense labor I still was in shock that I was because I thought I would arrive at the hospital and I would still have many many hours to labor and I would have time to kind of accept that I was having a baby that day but none of that happened so Had you, had you ever heard about the first labor going this fast when no. you've done your reading or never, research? Never, no? And now, now in my classes, I always say usually, but not always. So it's so important to point out how there's so many variations of normal in birth. And even though my birth was really fast, it's normal that it was fast. So it might not be typical, but it happens to people. So... Once I started pushing, the contractions became much further apart. So I had a, a long pushing stage, partly because my contractions were longer, further apart, but also because of my anatomy of my spine. Mm. So because when, you know, normally people say, you know, curl up around the baby, my spine doesn't curl up around the baby, my spine is fused. So I wasn't able to do that. So I had talked previously with my midwife about trying out different positions. So I really wanted to explore my options and kind of try to be on all, all fours, try to be on my side. And my midwife told me that she wasn't sure that it would be effective, but she was supportive and she supported me trying. So eventually after trying many different positions, I went to a more standard position of being in a supported sitting position and that seemed to work but it took about two and a half or three hours for me to push my baby out did you feel impatient during the time or no i felt like it went by really fast i i actually kind of appreciated the time to slow down since the previous stage of labor was a lot faster i appreciated being able to slow down a little bit and 
Even so, before recording this with you, I asked my husband how long I pushed and he said, I don't remember, it went by so fast, but I do remember that it was probably about two and a half or three hours. But if you allow the body to do what it's doing the best in its own pace, I think this is not so uncommon that if you have a really fast opening phase, the last phase of labor can be a little bit prolonged. Yes. Because the uterus is also a little bit tired from having been working so intensely. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And it's uh, it's also a cooperation between you and the baby. So maybe the baby needed some more time to recuperate before being born too. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. And what kind of support did you get from your husband when you were in the hospital, now when he was awake? When we were in the hospital together, he held my leg, he... It was more of a silent support, which is really, that's what I love. And I I love that he knew that. Even though we really didn't communicate it much prenatally, he kind of had an intuition of what I needed as well, which is, is really cool. We felt really, really, really connected. So we talk a lot about women's intuition and labor, but I feel like my husband had a really good intuition and knew how to kind of help me cope as well by just being that silent, strong support person. So, you know, he'd have his hand on my shoulder. He was holding my leg when I pushed. He would whisper to me, you can do this, you can do this. But it was all very minimal and very quiet and not very many words. So bring us back to the moment when your baby boy was born. It was definitely a relief, the biggest relief. So the pain was immediately gone and I just felt an intense, intense pride. They put him on my chest and my husband and I had the moment where we look at each other with tears in our eyes. I remember I said, my baby, my baby. And I'll I'll never forget that moment. It was, it was definitely magical and it was, it was worth all the pain. Was birth anything like you had pictured it to be? Absolutely not. It really was so different and I'm glad that it was different. And which is surprising for me to even hear myself say because I really thought that I wanted it to follow the textbook definition because I thought that'd be easy. But it turns out that having it go a lot differently than I thought it would gave me so much confidence in myself and taught me that, you know, if the plan doesn't go as planned, that's okay. And it can still be a really, really great story. And it turned out being a really great story. So I'm grateful that it didn't go how I thought it would go. So what made this uh, experience such a positive experience for you? I think it was positive because I was able to have control and able to make my own choices. So part of my plan during labor was to stay home as long as I could so that I could be in a comfortable environment. I could, you know, not have a lot of strangers around me. That was really important to me. And because I got that, I feel like that was a really, really big part of why I feel so great about my birth because I was able to move about and kind of feel really comfortable and not have anyone asking me any questions or because questions make me really worried having to answer questions and having to explain things and having to have people examine me that makes me worried so did you ever feel connected to other women during birth I don't know that I felt connected to anyone else but I definitely felt very very connected to myself for the first time in my life it was a very primal thing very animalistic thing and just a very powerful thing to know that 
I couldn't stop this process. My body was going to have this baby no matter what I did. And it was going to happen with such power and force and strength and bravery and focus and concentration and that my body and and I are one and the same. So if my body's that powerful, then that means I'm that powerful. So has the way you look upon yourself after giving birth, has it changed? Yes, definitely. I'm I'm much more confident. I think I'll always be uh, someone that's a little bit more reserved and takes a little bit of time to open up to new people. But I have this quiet confidence about me where things that were hard for me before suddenly aren't so hard. I can look at life with a new outlook and just know that, hey, if I can have a baby and labor to 10 centimeters all by myself with no one helping me whatsoever, I can do anything in life. If there would be an advice you would give other women listening to this podcast about uh, birth or preparing for birth, what would that be? I would say it's not for everyone for sure, but you'll find what's right for you if you're just if you just have an open mind and you're able to be flexible. So if you had to choose one defining moment during your birth, what would that be? I think the defining moment was probably when I thought I felt my son's head because that's when it really occurred to me that the baby was coming very, very soon. You know, I didn't know that I'd be pushing for three hours, but I definitely didn't think that I would start pushing as soon as I arrived at the hospital. So that was a big defining moment for me and just realizing, okay, this isn't going to take a really long time. This is happening right now. I got to get in this bed and have this baby. Have you ever felt ashamed of sharing your story because of other women having bad experiences? I really haven't felt a lot of that shame. It depends what kind of atmosphere I'm in. So it, it depends if I'm with new moms or moms who have had a lot of different experiences, I think. But it's really important for me to share my story because of all the negativity that surrounds birth within our culture and all the fear that is associated with birth. I was very blessed to have, you know, I had some of that fear in my pregnancy, but for some reason before I gave birth, it was gone. And I don't know if that was my faith or what that was, but I was blessed to be able to go into my birth and just have a positive mindset. And I'm really, really happy to share my story with other people so that they don't assume that birth has to be scary or that birth has to be complicated. Sometimes it's not. And sometimes, you know, even if it is complicated, it's still beautiful. So as a birth educator and a doula, why do you think there is so much fear around childbirth? I think it has a lot to do with our society and our culture. So everything that we see that has to do with birth in movies and on TV is is very negative. And it's also it also has a lot of inaccurate information, right? So we see movies where the woman doesn't have any signs of labor and then all of a sudden her water breaks. That didn't happen to me in either of my births. My water never broke until I was pushing. So if I would have thought that was a first sign, I would have had my baby at home because that wouldn't have happened for me. So I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And also, I think in this digital age, we're not as connected to the people around us in that intimate and personal way. We're not, we're no longer living with extended members of our family. We don't have that support from mothers and aunts and cousins and sisters. 
and we kind of take it all on ourselves on our own. I don't think birth is meant to be that way. I think it's meant to be supported. So where did the feeling of trusting the process so strongly come from, you think? I'm not sure where it came from, honestly, and I've, I've thought about it so many times, but the only thing I can think of is probably from reading positive birth stories. So I because I subjected myself to all types of information, one of the one of those pieces of information were positive birth stories. So I read those and I really connected with those and those gave me a lot of confidence. Do you talk with your sons about giving birth to them? My sons know so much about birth, so much about babies. They know about placentas and um they always point out women that are pregnant and they're so excited. They love to talk about birth and babies and I I talk about their own birth stories from time to time, but I think just birth in general, they know a lot more than most nine-year-olds and five-year-olds. Oh, that's so cool. You're creating great becoming fathers in the future then. Definitely, yes. I love this story because I think you took yourself so seriously and you listened inwardly and you were so brave. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. Absolutely. I'm sure it's going to be very helpful for other women listening to the podcast. Oh, I hope so. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Wasa Holstein. And thank you, dear Chrissy, for trusting me with your story and for the beautiful talk about life that we had off record. I love how women all have their own coping strategies like Chrissy, that labored all night on her own while her husband was asleep, going inside herself to a place that she was familiar with and felt secure in. The trick is to stay true to yourself and your needs, and not to do what you think is expected of you. Chrissy described a severe nausea during her pregnancy that to me sounds like hyperemesis. If you suffer from severe nausea and vomit many times every day, you should seek medical advice. The hyperemesis nausea is the kind that doesn't get better after the first 12 to 14 weeks of pregnancy, but sticks around until the baby is born. Some women need to be hospitalized with IV drips several times during pregnancy because of this condition. And I usually claim that the body is wise, but this condition mm, is just plain stupid and really, really challenging for the woman. If you want to read more about me and this mission of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life, go to thepositivebirthstorypodcast.com. To be sure that you don't miss an episode, do subscribe. And if you live in Erie, Pennsylvania with surroundings, make sure to check out the nwpadoulas.com for more information about their services. They also offer fantastic postpartum doula support. Thank you from the bottom of my YouTube listening and bye for now. Mm-hmm.